I think it's still fair to say that in the year 2022, we can safely say an elite defense can win you a game. That's what I want to talk about to start off here today. So if you look at some of the games here from the past weekend, defense clearly played a key role. Now, it's kind of been a common theme this season. Fantasy points have been down. That's what a lot of people have said. Uh, just scoring in general has been down. But I think we got to get credit to the defense here. I mean, that New England and New York game was prime example of it. And neither team scored a touchdown until the final five seconds of the game. So that's what I want to start off with here today. What do you think about that? Yeah, defenses are absolutely killing it. Ravens defense is crazy. With the quarterback you got, you would assume they're Super Bowl favorites with how good their defense is playing, but offense struggling a little bit, still need some help. Jets defense, people were saying the Jets rookies are overrated. I don't see a case for that at all. I think Sauce Gardner is already the best cornerback in the league. Even the Panthers, you know, Panthers are playing defense. They've only allowed 13 to the Baltimore Ravens. At one point this year, they only allowed three to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I think that they, you know, they definitely have something going on that side of the ball. Obviously, you know, they got a, a circus going on at quarterback. And stability at head coach will go a long way next year. So hopefully they get some of that. But if you look at the landscape of the league now, so basically over the last five years or so, we've been progressively moving more towards an offensive-focused league. I mean, you look at all these offensive masterminds out there, Andy Reid, Sean McVay, Kevin O'Connell, Kyle Shanahan, Brian Dable, guys like that, you know, they, they're all supposed to be these amazing offensive-minded coaches. And, I mean, frankly, a lot of them still do have – successful offenses but I think it's just interesting with the big focus of the league shifting over to offense it's interesting to see that you know defenses are still playing well and actually playing better than they have in the past few years in my opinion yeah I mean people people love seeing high scoring games myself included it's way more enjoyable to watch yeah I think um you got you got these offensive coaches then that like obviously their focus is on one side of the ball being the offense. I'm kind of curious what you think on this. So I've heard other people say the best off the best defense is a good offense. And basically, you know, if your offense is putting you in good positions, like they're not going three and out all the time, they're pushing the ball down the field, giving your defense a break that, you know, obviously that's beneficial for the defense. So how do you feel about that, that the best defense is a good offense? A team like the Chiefs, I don't think it matters how good your defense is. You need to have a good offense because you're not going to win by playing good defense. Right. I think that's really the exception to the rule. I mean, if you look at the West Division right now, so you got the Chargers who are trying to win with defensive head coach Brandon Staley not to say that you can't do that but I mean let's be honest when you're facing Patrick Mahomes you need all the offensive firepower that you can get and then the Broncos obviously their head coach his image is offensive minded but they have one of the most elite defenses in the league so 
Yeah, I I think that's a valid point. I mean, if you're going to try to keep up with the Chiefs, you're not going to beat the Chiefs by playing good defense. You're going to beat the Chiefs by, okay, maybe our defense can play good enough and force Mahomes to make some mistakes. But otherwise, you just got to outscore them. I mean, it's as simple as that. Honestly, if I was to make my power rankings, I'd put the Chiefs at the top in the number one spot today. I think that by far they're the best team and who cares what anybody thinks about their defense because, you know, even though it's been a little shaky over the past couple of years, it certainly hasn't been perfect. I think that by far they have the most complete team. Definitely. They're just, it's so good. Everyone wants to watch the Chiefs. It's some fun stuff to watch. Do you think after watching Travis Kelsey's performance, and uh, he had a four game touch, four touchdown game a few weeks back. You think it's possible to say that he's the best to ever do it? Yeah, I think without a doubt, you can say that Travis Kelsey is the best. A lot of people on the past have thought maybe Rob Gronkowski. Now, of course, yeah. Gronkowski is since retired, but Travis Kelsey, I think he's on a whole other level. I mean, he's not exactly a young player anymore but he's still proving to everyone that he's very valuable in the passing game and let i just take him on my team any day of the week he's a great player yeah you want to talk about thanksgiving games yeah i'm actually wanting to discuss some of them because they're Actually, it's some pretty exciting games. So, yeah. by the way, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. You're either watching this on or after Thanksgiving. So, you may know the results of these games, but we're going to talk about them anyways. Let's start off with the first game of the day. Starts at 11.30 Central, 12.30 Eastern Time. Buffalo Bills playing their second straight game at Ford Field in Detroit. And looks like the Bills are nine and a half point favorites in this one. So how are you feeling about this one going into it? Well, I I think they could lose. I don't know how to say it. I think they could lose. But the funny thing is, is if they win, they'll have the same amount of wins in Detroit as the Lions do this season, which is just crazy. We're in week 12. Week 12. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Lions certainly haven't restored the roar like a lot of people thought they were going to, especially at home. I mean, they're basically, what, then two and three at home, two and three on the road. But, yeah, yeah, like you said, maybe – I don't know if I'd go as far to say that Detroit's going to win this game. I'm pretty sure that there's a good chance that they'll at least cover because nine and a half is a pretty hefty spread. I mean, the Bills, you know, they've just – one by seven to the Browns. Now, of course, there were different circumstances there, but I think there's a possibility that Detroit covers and makes this one at least somewhat fun to watch for an early Thanksgiving game. Yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be a pretty close game, pretty entertaining. I mean, it's all about what Josh Allen wants to do on the football field. He didn't – I think he might have targeted Diggs once in the first half of last week. And Diggs got a touchdown on that play. So I think it's about what Josh Allen wants to do with the football. We'll see what happens. I think their offense is just so tricky in the fact that they choose. Like, they they literally 
make it an emphasis not to run the ball unless Josh Allen has it in his hands. So, I mean, last year or last week, rather, uh, Singletary and James Cook both played pretty well in terms of running the ball. I believe they both had 86 yards on the dot apiece. So at least they're doing that sort of running the ball well. Um, I think that's what they're going to need to do if they want to compete down the stretch here. Now, you know, we talked about the Chiefs having this explosive offensive game. The Chiefs can run the ball okay and everything. Obviously, the biggest part is you're going to want to pass it. And we saw the Bills beat the Chiefs once this year already. But, I mean, that doesn't really matter when you get down to postseason play. So I think we're going to have to see them continue to work in the run game a little bit so that they can keep defenses on their toes a little bit more because it almost feels like they're getting a little too one-dimensional. What do you think was the deal with Naheem Hines? They just don't like him now? I don't know. I mean, you think if you trade for somebody that you'd want to use them quite a bit. But yeah. the thing is, is like, um, you know, they you had talked about James Cook, I believe. Did you pick him to be your offensive rookie of the year? I did. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously you thought uh, you thought highly of him. The Bills thought highly of him to pick him in the second round. So That was a stretch to pick him there. Yeah, I certainly thought that he wasn't going to go until, like, the fourth or fifth, especially for yeah. a running back. But, you know, the Bills are looking to find that guy that can take over at running back. And even the guy that they choose at running back in the draft – is a known receiver. So they're making it obvious that their run game is either going to be Josh Allen or them throwing the ball to the running backs. I think James Cook still has that potential. He had pretty decent amount of running yards. I'm not going to commit to a number, but yeah, he looked pretty good in that game. So I, it's definitely too late for him to want to get rookie of the year. So yeah, he the best thing he can do for himself, though, is build on what he's doing right now and carry it over into next year and maybe yeah. continue to make that Bills run game a little bit more freaky instead of just being, like I said, so one-dimensional and just passing the ball. Yeah, I can see it be a factor in the playoffs, though. Like maybe teams figure it out in the playoffs how to stop the Bills, and then they are forced to go back to the run game, and James Cook will put on a playoff show. I actually like that point too, especially if De- not Detroit. I'm sorry, if Buffalo wasn't using their running backs as much in the running game at this point in the season. Once they get down the stretch here, and it comes playoff time, there's a lot of bumps and bruises that come into effect when the playoffs start. And, you know, you got the defensive linemen constantly having to rotate and everything. Well, you got a bunch of running backs who haven't really taken any beating up to this point in the season. So if you're able to run those guys and they're all healthy, I think that they stand a really good shot to go far with just their run game alone. Who has more? This is um, longest play in terms of yard for this player on the season. Debo Samuel. And just placed on IR, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who has a longer run. I feel like Clyde probably does because he probably probably has gotten more of like a true running back type position versus Debo. They do a lot of dink and dunk. I guess that gives them maybe opportunity for a longer play, but I'm going to say Clyde. 
Clyde has 52. Debo has 51. Very close. I personally would have picked Debo. But, I mean, when you take in factor of how much he runs across the line of scrimmage to get on the outside of that wheel, then you can take some yards back. Yeah, they like to stretch the field with him in both ways. I mean, horizontally and vertically. They have a yeah. very interesting way of using him. Seems like they're starting to use him that way again. He hadn't got much looks at it this year. Really like what I saw from the 49ers in Mexico. Maybe they're starting starting to use him a little bit more in that way just because they didn't want to run him into the ground right away. So yeah. now that they're getting more closer to the playoffs, maybe that's something that they want to emphasize a little bit more. Yeah, I could see that. Before we move on from that Bills and Lions game, I just want to talk quickly about the Lions defense. They got some big-time contributor, contributors right now at each level. Obviously, they got first-round pick Aiden Hutchinson making plays. He's got a couple interceptions, actually, as a, an edge rusher. And Malcolm Rodriguez in the middle of that defense uh, as a linebacker, he's really stepped up and made some big plays this year for them. And then Kirby Joseph, man, you throw it his way, he's going to catch it. Three yeah. interceptions so far in the last couple of weeks. He's really started to show that he was a valuable draft pick. So the Lions who had just an awful, and I mean like historically bad defense to start off the year, now they're starting to come alive. And I think that they're going to be good going into next year too. And I think they might actually be a threat next year. I saw a take today. If Tom Brady were to departure from the Bucks next year, could we maybe see him in a Lions uniform? Ooh, I don't think he would do it. But I think if he were to play there, he would be a good fit. I do too. I think it'd be really fun. I mean, Look as a Vikings fan, I don't want it to destroy my team. But yeah, yeah. I don't know if he'd play for Dan Campbell, but look at that offensive line. They'd be giving him an incredible car to drive, essentially. You got Amonra and Jameson Williams, a great duo back in Swift and Williams. Yeah, I mean, if they're built off of running the ball, I think that would go a long way in Brady's old age. I mean, if he's still going to stick around here, which I don't know if you saw, but there's speculation that Tom Brady might not ever even work for Fox. <laughs> but if he decides to continue on, I mean, he's going to have to take like a game manager type role. So, yeah, yeah, I could see that working out. I mean, if you got the speedy receivers, maybe throw it to them short or just have them take off the top, whatever works. But they definitely have the offensive line to protect them which is something that he really lacks right now in Tampa Bay. So let's talk about the second game. Ooh, this spread has actually moved a little bit. I believe it was eight and a half last time I looked. New York Giants visiting the Dallas Cowboys. Do you see this 10-point spread coming to fruition here, or do you think the Giants have a good shot at not only covering but winning the game? I think the Giants could win this game. I mean, I think Dallas – is very fluky. Forgive me for saying that because they just destroyed Minnesota, but you lost to the Packers. And now we got a divisional game. I see this going either way, really. Who's a home team? 
Dallas. All right. There's not – no one's intimidated by playing there, but they have a little bit of an advantage there. Obviously, Minnesota didn't have an advantage at home, but I think I think this will be a good game too. I probably – I'm going to take the Giants. Yeah, I'm leaning Giants here. I think the key to this game is stopping Tony Pollard. Definitely. I mean, I saw Tony Pollard – play last year and I thought man this guy's a really good player and I thought yeah. that he should have been the lead guy going into the year so they start off with a little bit of Zeke and obviously Zeke got hurt within the last couple of weeks so they shifted more towards the Pollard focused offense and he's really taken off and I drafted him in fantasy thinking that he'd still be a productive player but I didn't see him becoming an elite superstar running back that the Cowboys, actually, in my opinion, this is the one rare occasion where I say that any team really should pay a running back. I think that this man deserves to be paid and paid really well. Yeah, I love him. I actually saw on Thanksgiving last year, this was when I was like, who is this guy? He is amazing, and he's way better than Ezekiel Elliott. And I think in that game, he had a kick return touchdown, and they did a bunch of other crazy stuff. I, I got him on Dynasty, so I'm a little angry that they don't use him that much. And I lost last week with him in my lineup. So, Yeah, he's definitely a weapon. I don't know if you'd quite put him on the Debo Samuel type level of, you know, what he brings to the offense. But he's definitely better than Ezekiel Elliott at this point. And I think the Cowboys this offseason – if Jerry Jones decides not to be stubborn and just let Zeke walk and cut him loose and pay him his money, then they can definitely invest in Tony Pollard and make this his team going forward. The only thing that I want to say here is I'd really hate to see him get hurt because if he got hurt, I don't know what the Dallas Cowboys offense looks like. I just think it's only a semblance of itself if that's what happens. Defensively, the Cowboys can control this game with their pass rush. The We saw them totally destroy the Vikings offensive line last week. Michael Parsons had nine pressures. It just wasn't fair. So I'm curious to see if Dallas can hold up. I mean, they got a rookie tackle and Evan Neal on the right side. They got Andrew Thomas. So I don't know if this is a situation where, you know, we see the Giants able to hold up against them or if this is going to be where Dallas just totally takes over their this game with their pass rush again. Well, Daniel Jones did a lot of running. I think he would, he was pressured a massive amount of times when they played earlier. I, I can't remember it, but it was just insane when I read the stat, but I feel like they're, they're getting in the hang of it. New coach. This is way later into the season and they rely on Barkley a lot more. So I think we're going to see Daniel run a lot of times, but it won't be as bad as the Vikings. Yeah, here's an issue. Evan Neal out. Oh, um, Looks like Andrew Thomas probably will play. He was a DNP yesterday and a limited participant today due to an illness. Um Shane Lemieux, offensive guard, out. 
John Feliciano, center, out. Joshua Izidu, out. He's also a guard. So it looks like majority of their offensive line is going to be in tough shape. You know, maybe I'm going to lean more Dallas here, actually. I think, yeah. I think Dallas is going to take advantage here. I mean, if three, four starting offensive linemen are out or in question of playing, I think this is definitely going to be a game where the Cowboys can dominate. So that makes sense why the spread is where it is. Yeah. I think Saquon's always needed the offense to offensive line to be relatively consistent. And yeah. this probably will be a tough game for him. I'll switch it to Dallas. So then if you get if you get um Daniel Jones maybe running around a little bit, he's gonna have to really run for his life. I think he's a he's okay in terms of mobility. I mean he can run the ball pretty well, but not really something that you want him to have to do a ton if he doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. So let's get to the final Thanksgiving game. This one's on NBC. Patriots at the Vikings. Last week, the Patriots, we talked about it a little bit. They barely got out of there with a a win after they got the punt return from Marcus Jones. I don't know if you saw the ending to that, but that was a crazy ending. Crazy. My guy, Marcus Jones, actually, I thought he was a really good draft pick. Because I saw that he was an electric punt returner in college. I believe he had 10 punt returns for touchdowns. And he can also play a little bit of slot corner. But, you know, that's a, a Belichick-type pick taken in the third round. The The Patriots' offensive line isn't as, in as good a shape. That's kind of a common theme that I'm seeing now over the past couple weeks especially. This is the point in the season where the offensive and defensive lines are in shambles. And yeah. this kind of proves who can, you know, just kind of put some duct tape on it and hope for the best. Even if you look at the Eagles, like their defensive line, they just had to go and sign two old veterans off the street to make up for the injuries. So this one will be tough for the Vikings with facing this pass rush of Matthew Judon and Dietrich Wise. Both of them are one of the top duos in the NFL in terms of getting pressure on the quarterback and sacking the quarterback. So after what we saw last week, I don't know, do you see any way that we see a repeat performance of that kind of pressure on Kirk Cousins, or do you think the Vikings are able to make an adjustment on a short week? I think they'll be just fine. The area I'm concerned is cornerbacks, but they don't have a lot of superstars at the wide receiver position, but that's the area I'm most concerned in. I think it's just kind of like the Vikings get excited. They won that game, and then they just have a high from it. They beat Green Bay by a heck of a lot in week one, and they get blown out in Philadelphia. Yeah, that's kind of concerning for me as you go down the stretch. So does that mean if you get an emotional playoff win in round one of the playoffs, okay, how can you recover from that? Because you're very well going to play either Dallas or San Francisco or another team like that that's going to just want to kick the snot out of you. So how can you respond to that? I think that's a big question for them going forward. So now that they, not only that, I mean, now that they've got totally destroyed, especially in front of their home crowd, 
on national TV. What an embarrassment for us as Vikings fans. They had to change they, the channel on us. Right. That's that's so embarrassing. I mean, one of my top five most embarrassing moments as a fan. But I I don't think that we're going to see quite like a repeat performance. I think instead of them seeing like a 63% pressure rate, which is insane. I mean, Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl against the, the Buccaneers, he looked like he was running for his life every single play, and he was only pressured 37% of the time. So I think even if they can get it down into the 30s, mid-30s, early 40s range, I think that'll help them significantly. Now, they're not going to completely eliminate it. I think they just need to do a better job, especially with their tight ends, because their tight ends did a really bad job of holding up and pass protection too. But I think New England, like you pointed out, the corners, they're very, very shallow there right now. Even though New England doesn't have the superstar talent at wide receiver, I think that they can still expose it. I was actually, I've heard a couple times now this week, I believe it was 2006 at the Metrodome. The Vikings and Patriots were playing on a Monday night. The Vikings were pretty depleted at wide at cornerback. And New England, they weren't like the greatest passing team, even though they had Tom Brady. They just didn't have the receivers for it. They came out against the Vikings going five wide right away. And that's just the type of guy Belichick is. He'll say, I see your weakness. I'm going to make you try to stop me with it, even if I don't have the greatest guys at that spot. So I'm curious to see, curious to see the chess match between Belichick and O'Connell, especially since O'Connell used to play for him. Yeah, I think Belichick's got a couple of tricks up his sleeve. Curious to see what he does with Jefferson. Right. Who do you think is going to have the better back to your duo pass rush? Who do you think is going to be better? In terms of uh, Smith and Hunter versus Judon and Wise. Yeah, I think this is going to be a Judon and Wise game. I mean, I don't think Zadarius Smith is going to have the impact. It sounds like he's on a pitch count. I believe last week he only played 22 snaps. So that's kind of concerning because he's been dealing with a knee injury. I think in terms of a defensive standpoint, I think that the Patriots play a lot better defensively. But I think that the Vikings still find a way to rattle Mac Jones in that building. I mean, we've yeah. seen it before. Young quarterbacks just get shaken. And Mac Jones doesn't really seem like the type of guy where he would be able to fight back against it. Yeah. I think Vikings come out victorious in this one. I do, too. The spread's two and a half. So, yeah, I think they'll cover that. I don't think like that it'll probably... come within two. Yeah, I don't... It'll probably be like a 7-10 to 10 point victory, maybe 3. Yeah, if I was if I was to make a score prediction for this game, I think I would maybe put, gosh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 20 to 13. Vikings win 20 to 13. I like that. So I don't think it's going to be super high scoring from either team. I think both of them will find the end zone a couple times, but I don't think this is going to be one of those games that we're looking back on, like the Buffalo game where, wow, both teams just were throwing haymakers at each other, and it was a matter of who could outlast them. 
Man, I'm excited for this Thanksgiving football all day long. Yeah, I'm excited too. It's going to be a lot of good games, hopefully at least. I mean, yeah, as long as we don't see any major blowouts. I'm playing against Josh Allen in two fantasy leagues, so I'll hope for the best. Go Lions then, I guess. Yeah. Not too much, though. I got going against Jamal Williams, too. So thanks for checking out the video previewing the Thanksgiving matchups. Um, check us out on streaming services, too, if you'd like. And we will see you next time.